Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. It's good to see you at church. Um, good to see you connecting online as well. Welcome to you. Hope you got through the traffic, got some fuel. You're here at church. It's good to see you. So we're continuing this Blueprint series that we have been in the last uh, few weeks together. We've got a couple of weeks left in that. And then just to let you know, on the 10th of October, a couple of weeks' time, we have Dr. Kate Middleton with us live in person um, speaking here. It's World Mental Health Day, and Kate Middleton contributed to our Wellbeing series earlier in the year. She's fantastic, and she's going to be here live in person on the 10th of October, so you don't want to miss that in a couple of weeks. And over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at these big themes of prayer, and church's family in the presence of God. And as we regather from this kind of pandemic, we've been wanting to share our heart for some of these things. Um, we want to be a church that prays. We, we've come to the end of our 21 days of prayer. This is the last day today, but it's just been so encouraging to see the engagement in prayer over these few weeks. And um, our, our prayer gatherings, they've been just so alive, so full of God. It's been so encouraging to gather together and pray. Wednesday night here was amazing, and we really feel God is doing something in our prayer life as a church, so we feel provoked to continue in prayer. So um, we're just working out the details, but hot off the press, new news, we are going to continue with a midweek worship and prayer evening, weekly, um, until we feel God says otherwise. There's something happening in the prayer life of our church. It's hugely exciting. And so not happening this week, but from the week after, we're going to be midweek, every um, week gathering to worship and pray together. We've talked about church being a family, not being a business or corporation, but church as family. Terry last week spoke about being a church that longs for the presence of God. And today I'm going to speak about another blueprint issue, and that is servanthood. We want to be a church that has a culture of servanthood. If we're going to be family, then one of the things that will naturally overflow, actually, in that is a desire to serve one another. Galatians 4, verse 13 says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Paul says, You've been set free by Jesus, set free of sin, set free of condemnation, set free of guilt. You've been set free. Now, what are you going to do with that freedom? Uh, are you going to use it for your own desires or preferences, indulge the flesh, what you want? No, no, no. Don't use your freedom for that. Instead, he says, serve one another humbly in love. If Jesus has done something in your life, the outcome of that is then to respond by serving one another. It's the ordinary stuff of Christian life. Um, in our family, we've always tried to create a culture where um, everyone gets involved in the ordinary tasks of family life. Um, Levi's a dab hand with a hoover, aren't you, mate? You're pretty good with the hoover. Joe's pretty good cooking. He loves chopping up the veg. He's there most evenings helping to cook. Doesn't always happen as kind of ideally as it may sound, honestly. Um, but we've tried to encourage this culture of everyone gets stuck in, in our house. Um, there are some sticking points. The dishwasher tends to be a sticking point in our house. I don't know if that's as true in anyone else's house. Um, I know I sound like a grumpy old man, but it still uh, amazes me that things can be bought to the counter above the dishwasher, 
but not actually put in like that. It's just there. It's just the dishwasher's just, just, just put it in. I don't know if it's just me. Anyone else suffer in there? Okay. Um, so it's not just me. That's good. Um, there's some sticking points, but we try and have a culture in our family where everyone gets stuck in. The point I'm making is this. In family life, there are jobs that just need to be done and everyone's got a muck in. I know we have some of our kids in with us this morning. Guys, in your activity packs that you have, you should see a sheet that Angie has prepared, which actually lists out some of the kind of household roles there may be and the ones that you may like or dislike doing the most. So you may want to have a look at that in your activity packs because there are things that just need doing and everyone mucks in. Similarly, what's true in a family is, is also true in church life as well. The whole church is built, the Bible says, as every member plays their part. That's how churches work. Healthy churches are not built on the talents of the few, but on the sacrifices of many. But this idea of servanthood that I want to talk about this morning, servanthood is, is much larger, actually. It's more profound. It's a much bigger thing than simply doing some jobs around the place, even though there are jobs that need to be done around the place. Um, servanthood, actually, is a hallmark of a life that follows Jesus. Not just that jobs need to be done. No, servanthood is actually about our very identity. It's about who we are created to be. It's about what it actually means to follow Jesus and to become more like Jesus. You know that Jesus was the most perfectly human human there has ever been, right? If, if we want to have a model of humanity, of what it means to be human, we, we look upon Jesus. Uh, without sin, um, he was the perfect human, fully God, fully human. And in Mark 10, he says this, Mark 10, 42 to 45, he said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many." Jesus said that there were rulers of the day, leaders of the day, who, who used their position of leadership to lord it over people. They kind of assumed a certain role in life, a certain position of authority and power, and these people now use that position of power and authority to ensure everyone knows they are in charge and everyone better do as these people say. There's rulers amongst you who lord it over you, they said. But then Jesus says this, but not so with you. Not so the disciple of Jesus. Not so the follower of Jesus. No, no, whoever wants to become great in the kingdom of God must serve, must be a slave to all. For even Jesus did not come to be served. The Son of God, through whom all things were made, even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for many. So if Jesus was perfectly human, which he was, and if his life was defined by servanthood, which it was, and if we've been invited to become more and more like Jesus as the Holy Spirit works in our life, which we have, then what does it really look like to be a Christian? What does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? Well, it looks like a life that serves. 
Servanthood is far more than just jobs that need doing. Servanthood is the very essence of what it actually means to follow Jesus. In John 13, verse 34, Jesus says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Love one another as I've loved you. In the Bible, love is never a feeling. It's never a sentiment. Love is always defined by action. Jesus said these words um, immediately after he had taken a towel and he had wrapped it around his waist and he'd got down on the floor in a room with his disciples' dirty feet and he washed his disciples' feet. Um, I've asked Levi to come and help me today. Levi, would you come and join me on stage? Is that okay? Just... Stand here a moment. So imagine the scene. Jesus, the Son of God, is with Peter. He's with um, Judas, who's about to betray him. And Jesus gets down in the grime, the Son of God. You know, I said to Levi earlier, okay, just to let you know, I said, Levi, is it right if I get you up on stage to wash your feet? And he said, Father, not just my feet, you must bathe all of me. <laughs> you showered? No. Just imagine what's going on in this room as the disciples, I can't undo your knots, on your shoes, I'm just going to pull them off, here you go, let me just have this one foot. Peter, who's just about to deny Jesus, put your foot in there mate, has his feet washed by Jesus. Mate, they're filthy. Judas, who's about to betray Jesus. Jesus is on the floor washing his feet. He takes the towel and he dries them. Thanks, mate. There you go. Put it in there. Thank you for your assistance, Levi, today. You can bathe yourself later. And Jesus then says, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Well, what does love look like? It looks like what he's just done. And in fact, Jesus says, see what I've just done for you. Have you seen what I've just done? I've done this to set you an example that you must do as I do. That's what it means to follow Jesus. It's unglamorous at times. This role was reserved for the lowest of servants in the house. He loved us through action, through servanthood, Ultimately, through laying his life down on a cross. Guys, if we take seriously Jesus' command to love one another, the overflow of that has to express itself in how we serve one another. In 1 John 3 verse 18, it says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Let's not just talk about loving one another, John says. It needs to be seen in actions, in truth. It's visible. To love one another is to serve one another. To become like Jesus is to become someone who delights in serving others. So what does this mean for us? I want to just talk about three implications for us as a church. How we love one another, how we serve one another, 
how we serve our community, how we serve other churches, what this means for us as we think about blueprint issues, how we serve one another, first of all. We are to follow his example. Now, this is really, really important, okay? And I, I kind of want to explain why important, how important it is because it's so easy to be part of a local church and miss this. So let me explain what I mean. Some research was done recently in the States, 2017, I think it was, massive piece of research in churches in the States, and I imagine the results would be similar here. A question was asked. The question was this, why do you attend the local church that you attend? That was the question. I wonder what your answer would be. Why do I attend the local church that I attend? These were the top three answers given in that piece of research. Number one, to become closer to God. Number two, so my children will have a moral foundation. Number three, to make me a better person. Now, you may read that list and think, oh, they're good reasons to become closer to God for my children. Good reasons, fantastic. But let's just pause for a moment. These are the top three reasons people in America go to the church that they go to, and I imagine it will be similar in the UK, so that I become closer to God, so my children have a good moral foundation, so I become a better person. There's no reference to community. There's no reference to love. The thing that Jesus said, if you love one another, they'll know you're my disciples. There's no reference to serving one another. Even though Jesus said, I'm giving you an example to follow. There's no reference of mission because I want to be a part of a church that reaches others for Jesus. There's no reference of kind of outreach. I want to serve my community. There's no reference to servanthood or love or the fact that we need one another to grow. No, it's my life with God and my family. You may not think that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Because what we say and the language we use reveals a great deal about what's in our heart and why we do what we do. And if this is a snapshot of why people go to church in Western countries, it's a long way from the blueprint of Jesus who calls us to love one another, lay down our lives for one another, and serve one another. I guess I'm waving if I had one. I don't have one. I would wave a big red warning flag here about Christian consumerism. It's rife in Western Christianity, a kind of individualism. It's about me, my preferences, my needs, my desires. The Bible says, no, no, do not use your freedom to indulge the desires of the flesh. Instead, humble yourself and serve one another humbly in love. When we engage with a church based on the benefits it offers me, rather than the opportunities it gives me to become like Jesus, we're a long way from the blueprint. That's why servanthood, before, way before it's a rota, way before it's a list of jobs that need doing, servanthood is a theological issue. We serve because Jesus laid down his life and sets us an example. Servanthood then becomes a heart issue. We serve out of a love for and a worship for God and a love for one another because we're called to love, love one another. And then it is displayed in practical ways in local churches, becoming parts of teams that serve one another. It's far more than simply signing up on a rota. I know often when we hear the word serving, we think, oh, rotas, oh no, rotas. I want to encourage you not to start thinking about rotors when you think about servanthood. I want to encourage us to think about Jesus, first of all, when we think about servanthood. And the example that he set us. Servant's a theological thing. It's a heart thing. It's a worship thing. It's a culture thing. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. I'm going to embarrass someone here today. I think they're here. I'm Jim Horton. Give me a wave, Jim Horton. There's Jim, everyone. 
Um, I want to tell you a story. I'm sorry, Jim, I'm about to embarrass you a little bit. Um, last Saturday morning, we had men's prayer here. Um, we had over 30 here praying at 7.30 last Saturday. It was fantastic. Encourage you guys. We're going to be meeting again next Saturday. I've made some coffees, and I was in the little kitchen just out there off the coffee house, and I was about to wash up all the mugs and stuff, and, and Jim came in and said, Jim, leave that with me. I said, okay, well, why don't you wash and I'll wipe? And Jim said, no, Jim, I want you to leave it with me. I'll do all of this. I'm like, well, okay, thanks, Jim. Then on Sunday night, um, we had a bit of a baptistry incident here. Some of you may have heard. There was some water spinach here. And at the end of our prayer evening, I was just um, stacking some chairs and putting them away. And Jim came over and said, leave that with me, Jim. I said, oh, come on, let's do it together. He goes, no, just tell me where the chairs go and I'll do it. And he, he put the chairs away. Guys, that's a culture of servanthood. No one asked Jim to help. No one, Jim wasn't on the chair rotor for prayer night that night. He noticed and he got stuck in. And I cannot tell you what a blessing that was to me, that he noticed. Like a family, when someone sees something needs to be done and gets on with it, that's a culture, a heart of servanthood. And if we follow Jesus, and this is who he's called us to be, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And I'm so grateful just to see so many examples of this happening in our church all over the place. People in our car park team, our production team, who have kept going every single week in this pandemic to serve our church. It's a culture of servanthood. Other people making meals for people and those serving in the feast. So many ways people are serving, but... And let's be honest, church, as we are rebuilding after this pandemic, there are some things that we cannot do right now simply because we don't have the people to do them. We just don't have them. We want to do refreshments again after our services, tea and coffee, um, so we can hang out together at the end of our um, times together. We don't have enough people to make that possible right now. It's just that we just don't have the people to be able to do that. It's a great chance, actually, to meet loads of people. Um, it's a kind of a feat washing kind of role, not that glamorous, one of those jobs that needs to be done, but we don't have enough people. Maybe you could help in that area so we can hang out together in teas and coffees afterwards. More than that, some of you actually do have the gift of God upon you for hospitality, and more than that, you can actually help set the culture here and what happens on a Sunday. Um, Angie's doing a phenomenal job recruiting for King's Kids. Incredible. Um, she's working so hard, not quite there yet, to be able to run King's Kids every single Sunday. We'd love to be able to do that. Um, I think we need about another half a dozen, eight people. Is that right? Um, Angie's worked so hard. We'd love to be able to offer a King's Kids program every week, helping to lay the foundation into our children. Amazing. The production team, they get to play with really cool toys every single week. Um, but it's a small team that just work hard over and over again. I was chatting to Sarah Goodenough. The feast started meeting in a new venue on Tuesday night, serving a whole community of people, but more cooks are needed in the feast. Worship team, we need more musicians. All over church life, there's opportunities to serve. I honestly believe there are enough people in this church to do everything that needs to be done. I really do believe that. 
And I know people get nervous about it. It's been these 18 months where your experience, like if you work in education or NHS or other sectors, these last 18 months have been just the most pressurized and intense season of your life. For other people, it's almost like the opposite's happened, especially in that first lockdown. We had far more time in our gardens and going on walks and that kind of thing. And I've had conversations with people saying, well, I don't want to get back to the busyness of pre-pandemic levels. And that's a really good thing to reflect on because I really believe Jesus does not want us to burn out. He puts in place Sabbath and rest for a reason in order there's a rhythm in our life that is healthy. But we need to be careful that the pendulum doesn't swing from here to here, that actually we go from being too busy to actually not involved in serving one another at all. Because if we do that, we're missing out on what Jesus has called us to be, which is a church that serves one another. We need healthy rhythms, absolutely. But as we come to think about this area of servanthood, we need to start with Jesus and what the Bible says, that actually churches only work when everyone plays their parts. There's a couple of other outworkings I just want to mention quickly too. So we need to serve one another, but we're also called to serve this area, Mid-Sussex. We're called to be a church together that serves this town. We want to give ourselves to serve Mid-Sussex. It happens in loads of different ways. Through all of the love your neighbor ministries that we run, the feast and cars and King's Money Advice and Rework and Hope Interaction and the Christmas Hamper Project and happens through this center and it happens through the parent and toddler groups that Angie and the team run. We're, we're called to serve Mid-Sussex together. We need to understand that we're called as a community to serve this area that he's put us in. The first church were radical in the way they served their community orphans and widows and feeding programs. Amazing. We want to be like that. We want to bless Mid-Sussex and we also want to be a church that serves other churches and that's an area that's grown all the time. We're part of this family of churches called New Ground. Um, I'm on the core team of that. Increasingly I get to be involved in serving other locations but it's more than just me doing that. Somehow I want us to own that together in how we serve other churches. Steve serves on the new ground management team. Kieran is always serving other churches as kind of helping them with Alpha courses and evangelism. We were hosting the local pastors gathering here this week. On Friday evening, just literally a couple of days ago, I was in Seaford with Sam Martin and Matt Knight and Luke Stevens. And I was um, been working with Life Church Seaford um, throughout the pandemic to bring through a new eldership team. And Friday night, I had the joy to lay hands on two guys and appoint them into eldership in that church. And that's happening across the place, working into Oxted and into Crawley and East Grinstead and different churches all over the place. And we kind of carry that together, including some churches in Brazil that um, we're working with more and more. Why are we doing this? Because God, Jesus calls us to serve. He says, this is how you are following my example, by serving one another. Now, I value your prayers for that. And actually, part of our gift day, we've mentioned that. We're going to give to new ground for these things that are happening. There's a family right now who've moved from um, London to Holland to work with the New Ground Church in The Hague and a team there to see a new church established in Rotterdam in Holland. And, and they felt God called them and say, go, kids, teenagers, they've gone to Holland to start this church with the guys in The Hague. And we want to get behind that as we give to New Ground, we're giving to these kind of things. So not only do we want to church, serve one another, but we want to serve our community, we want to serve other churches, we want to be a church that serves but that only happens when each member of every local church says, okay, that includes me. That includes me and my life following Jesus together. I wonder, let's, um, yeah, worship. It would be great if we could worship together. I was so sad when I read those statistics from that research. Good reasons, but 
Church isn't about me, myself, and I. Church is about us, we, together, serving one another, being on a mission together, laying our lives down for one another, loving one another, not just in words, but in action and in truth. And he places us in local churches in order to give us the opportunity to follow in Jesus' example. Washing feet, loving one another, serving one another humbly in love. It's actually, this is where Christian growth happens. Christian growth and maturity comes when we put into practice the things that Jesus calls us to do. And I understand why there's nervousness about getting busy again. And maybe sometimes people have felt like a Maybe you're just a cog in a machine of church life and not very valued in serving. And we're sorry about that. We need to do better than that if that's how people have felt. And I want people to feel cared for and valued in serving and to feel like they're growing in God. And sometimes we may not have done that as well as we could have done. But I look out this morning, I see everyone we need to do all that God's called us to do. I'm making an appeal to us this morning. When you think about servanthood, when you think about this church, don't think about rotors. Think about Jesus and the example that he set us. I wonder, can we stand? Is that okay? I'm just going to pray. And then let's sing together. Jesus, we're amazed at your humility. Jesus, son of the living God, prince of heaven, who gave up the glory of heaven, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus, it's you that we look to this morning. You are our model. You are our example. You're the one we want to follow. You're the one we want to become like. Lord, I pray, Lord, you would continue in the same way that we've been talking about growing in prayer and growing as a family and growing in the presence of God. Help us to grow as to be a serving community, serving one another, serving other churches, serving our town. We do it, Lord Jesus, because you set us an example to follow. What a beautiful example. What a countercultural kingdom example. Not lording that over, but laying our lives down, serving one another in love. Help us, Lord. I need help. It's a heart issue. I pray you'd work in my heart today. Holy Spirit, come and work in my heart. Help me to become more like Jesus. Help us together to become more like Jesus. Help what we're doing together to look like Jesus. Ask it for your glory, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.